everyone, this is Chad Grills. I'm your host of the Mission Daily, the number one source, the number one podcast, I should say, for accelerated learning. And in today's episode, we're covering three important topics. These are three how-tos. So we're going to talk about how to unlock opportunities that you think might be out of your reach, how to find friends and collaborators you trust that are also in it for the long haul, and number three, how do you keep a positive mindset while you're on a really hard journey? So to answer those how-to questions, I thought a really cool thing to do would be flip the tables. So I want to put these questions to my co-host, Stephanie Postles. Uh-oh, I'm in the hot seat now. You're in the hot seat. And Stephanie is our COO, if you don't know. She helps out at the mission doing everything from finances, operations, hiring, product, and generally keeping all of the trains running on time, which is a challenge when we have so many moving pieces. Prior, you know, Prioritizing efforts and everything like that is really hard, really challenging, but she helps us out with that. So I wanted to help use some of her stories and things that she's done that maybe she doesn't even recognize and help her tell those stories in a way that's going to be valuable for everybody listening. So are you ready for these questions slash prompts? I think Story I'm, ready. Prompts? I'm ready for them. But first, let's give a shout out to our sponsor, Twilio. So today's episode of The Mission Daily is brought to you by Twilio. More than 2 million developers around the world have used Twilio to unlock the magic of communications. And this October, Twilio is hosting Signal, the customer and developer conference of the year. It's in San Francisco, and if you come, you can hang out with the mission team. We'll be there. When you go to get your conference tickets, go to signal.twilio.com and use the mission's promo code, Mission20, to get 20% off those tickets. Do you know Twilio powers Airbnb, American Red Cross, Lyft, Salesforce, Salesforce is a client, big shout out to them, Twitter, Twitch, the list goes on. Yeah, I Googled it the other day, and I was like, oh my gosh, they power almost every app that I use, every... Anything that has any kind of communication in it, they yes. power it. Infrastructure is really important. And infrastructure is something that operations folks focus on, which is why I wanted to ask you some of these questions. Let's have so it. let's jump into it. So how to unlock opportunities that you think might be out of your reach. Each of us are prone to misunderestimate our skill sets. Maybe sometimes we're accurately evaluating them, but oftentimes we tend to sell ourselves short. That's the de facto state that many of us put ourselves in. So you didn't go to an elite school, neither did I. We didn't have any connections in business. We didn't have anyone that was really wealthy in the family helping us out, extending you know, runway or big investments. We generally knew nothing and knew you know, nobody in the field. And back when we were living in DC was when you got the request and you know, Google reached out and wanted to interview you. Can you tell about what led up to that? What you think got them to reach out to you in the first place? You know, you weren't at, no offense, like a hedge fund or it wasn't a really notable company. A lot of people knew the company, but it wasn't necessarily like the coolest company in the industry or anything like that. And so not only did you get Google to reach out to you, but you also, you know, closed that process and got the offer and everything like that. Could you talk about what things you did that helped source that opportunity, that helped generate it, and then helped you capitalize on it and close the deal. Yeah, and let me just reiterate that the company that I was working at was not, definitely not anything that anyone envied. A lot of people heard the name and they even kind of had negative um, connotations or associations with that company. So didn't give me a leg up and that's not why they were reaching out. 
So when Google reached out, they actually were reaching out about a product finance position. And I wasn't even working in finance. I was working in economics. But what they said was, okay, cool that you have a degree. Fine. Like we, that doesn't really mean anything to us. And they didn't ask where you went to school. Nope. They didn't ask where I went to school. They didn't ask my GPA or anything. And they were like, fine that you're working at that, this company, but actually we want you to work, you know, here instead. We think you have a lot of skills that would, basically we just want you at Google in general. And the things that interested them on my LinkedIn profile were all the side projects you and I had been working on for about two years before that. So, you know, as we mentioned in the previous episodes, you and I had launched some apps and we built an iPad magazine and I helped you publish some books and things like that. And they reached out and they were like, all those side projects are awesome. This just shows us that you can kind of do anything. So they brought me on campus. Uh, I got to interview with, I think it was maybe, do you remember maybe like seven different teams? There were a huge amount of interviews and I have to go back to because the part that you're not really going into that I still remember was for anyone out there listening that if you've ever struggled with the, what do you do question? And if you do get to a place where it's easy to answer, where you get a great job or something like that. So this was a pretty good job that you had in DC. It wasn't like the coolest company and it tended to elicit negative emotional reactions from certain people that heard about it. Yes, it did. So if you've ever had a difficult experience answering that question or had someone that where you tell them and then they actively like belittle it or kind of just be super rude about it in conversations that happen often. I can remember a couple of times with people where they would get visibly angry about hearing the name of the company you used to work for. And it would be so uncomfortable in conversations because if you're familiar with the term or phrase cognitive dissonance, the second you would say that name of the company, people would just get nonsensical. They would get highly emotional, agitated. And meanwhile, they would have no context about it. And with some of those people, we actually challenge them to dig in. And again, it's a funny situation where I don't think older folks are used to having a younger person very politely say, well, why does that make you upset? Do you know what they do? And just asking those questions. But I can remember you being so patient. I was, on the other hand, like incredibly frustrated that people would be rude. But I can remember you being really patient, asking them and then basically exposing that, number one, they didn't know what the company actually did. And number two, they didn't have a specific reason that was accurate for why they were mad. They had just seen and read things in the media and in the press and had all these like false narratives running around in their head. So I think that I just really want to stress that for everyone out there, we feel your pain in terms of awkward conversations about what you do or conversations where people get outright angry at at what you do. So sorry, back to the story. You're going through the interviews and everything and you're really selling and focusing in on the side projects. And in a sense, I think you were focusing in on how you choose to use your free time, which in a lot of situations where you know, you don't want it to be where you have to work all the time, but how you use your free time is usually a good indication of how you use your work time. So I think that that's where you were taking a lot of those conversations is that, would you say that's the case or? Yeah. A lot of times they were asking, well, when did you have time for this? And I'd be like, well, the weekends when I would get home from work, you know, late at night. And they were really intrigued that I was even interested in pursuing these projects on the side just because I thought it was fun and I wanted to learn. And then the next step they wanted to dive into, well, how did you learn those skills? How did you know how to build an app? And then they liked it even more when I said, oh, I didn't. I actually had no idea. Just did some Googling, looked around here, you know, hired someone on, I think it was at the time Elance. Yeah. Yeah. So hired an app developer. We did the wireframes and just kind of went through the process of how we took something from nothing to something when we had no experience in the field. 
they just love that. And yeah, all the different teams, they hit on a different project we worked on and just more wanted to see how I thought through the process of starting something and finishing it from, you know, start to finish. And then also just how your mindset is around wanting to work on these projects just for fun where you're still learning. And, you know, you're not just saying like, well, on the weekends, I just, you know, watch The Bachelor, which I do like The Bachelor, but <laughs> probably don't want to say, you know, you don't want to say that in a job interview. You want to show them that you're an eager learner and you're excited to do what it takes to come and work at an amazing company like Google. And that's why I got hired. And yeah, it's been great. And I think that the exciting thing in the window of opportunity that's opening up right now for so many different people, whether it's breaking into tech or a startup or starting their own business or side hustle, whatever it is, however you want to define it, there's a real chance right now where you don't have to justify yourself. You don't have to have a bunch of credentials. As long as you show up, as long as you're sincere and you really try hard to do the work, use your time wisely and generally figure things out on your own without bombarding people with questions about how to do it, do it for me, that type of thing. There are so many people that see that and come in and want to help you. So the opportunities that you think might be out of your reach now are all accessible just with a little bit more of you know, working on nights and weekends and thinking about, okay, how do I create a lot of cool projects and, and a lot of uh, proof of skills in a sense? Yep. So the next part that I think is really valuable for anyone that's listening is to kind of tease out some ideas to help find friends and collaborators, coworkers, acquaintances, uh, and maybe even just being on the search for best friends that you can trust that are in it for the long haul. How do you think about that? And how do you go about meeting people, getting to know people? What are your thoughts on that? Because in my mind, you've done a great job of building really authentic relationships with your coworkers, with friends and family. You've kept those relationships going, even when those people live out in Maryland and are really far away from us. But then you've also done a good job of networking and meeting great people out here that are not caricatures of silicon negative silicon valley stereotypes that are very much like well-grounded just great people because i'm always blown away when i visit google or visit your coworkers and get to talk with them they're great people so how do you think about that of finding and attracting the right people to you yeah um i definitely think it's easier by having a great workplace who already kind of does the filtering for you yeah, so yeah there's already really great people at google so it's definitely easier to meet people and befriend coworkers and things like that then if you know you're starting like you did in the early days starting a company by yourself having to reach out you did a lot more work with trying to make friends by ha- actively reaching out where i was just able to go to a great workplace and be surrounded by great people and kind of pick and choose who i got along with but the next step is making an effort to actually keep those relationships up so whether they're new or old making an active effort to reach out to people, remembering birthdays, trying to schedule things. Like it's definitely hard, especially as I was, you know, toggling, working at Google, working at the mission and trying to find time for friendships. It's definitely hard to remember like, oh, I need to schedule time to go on a hike with my friend Jenny, or I need to like make sure I send a birthday card to so-and-so or a new baby present to so-and-so. Yeah, trying to remember to keep all those things in your mind and actively putting in your Google calendar or something just to remind you, hey, this is what's also important along with everything that's going on. You can tell that a lot of the people that I connect with really appreciate that active reach out that I'm making, showing them like, hey, I want to make an effort to keep this friendship going and or keep this family relationship really great, FaceTiming with my sister all the time, doing what it takes to keep up the relationships as great as possible. And I think so something that I admire that I'm trying to do more of is just 
make those calls and the FaceTimes and the texts to people that I want to get to know better in a very, you know, just laid back way where I'm not focused on business because I can tend to want to value people's time so much that I keep things very abrupt to the point and it doesn't come across as friendly sometimes. And I think that what you do that's so cool is you just send short texts or short messages that are about whatever's going on, like whatever made you think of that person at the time. And I definitely want to get into the habit of that way more because I think that it's, we can fall into the trap of thinking everyone else is so busy and that they don't have time for this. When in reality, a lot of that small talk, I think is a lost art that learning that again and reincorporating that into friendships is something that is uh, is missing. So Yeah, and as long as you're doing it in a way that's not actively you know, ruining their, not ruining their day, but kind of just complicating, complicating their day. Like if you're just going to call someone out of the blue, sure. That might be a little troublesome because, you know, they're in the middle of their work day or they're doing something important or, you know, you don't know what they're doing, but sending a text, people can check a text anytime they want, or they can, you know, decide I'm going to check that in an hour. I'm going to turn my phone off. They have more control over it. So you're not, you know, interrupting something they're doing. So I think that's good to also be mindful of, yes, it's good to send, you know, short little messages or texts or, things like that, but doing it in a way that doesn't interrupt um, their day to where it's actually making things less convenient for them. And so that's, I try and weigh both of those sides before doing that. Very cool. So speaking of messaging and texts and using our phones and things like that, our phones have our favorite applications on them. And all the apps on your phone are probably powered, at least the majority of them are powered by Twilio. They're the sponsor of the Mission Daily. They make this possible. And the Twilio Signal Conference is coming up. Steph, what are the details? The conference is in October, October 17th through the 18th in San Francisco, and you can get 20% off your conference tickets when you go to signal.twilio.com and use the mission's promo code, Mission20. Very cool. So use the code, check it out, and we will see you on ground at Twilio Signal. Yes, we will. So back to the episode, the final point that I wanted to tackle and just get your take on is you're generally always positive. So there have been a number of really big setbacks, and I want to hear more about how you think about maintaining a positive mindset and how you keep one when you're on a really hard journey and when nobody is cheering you on, except for you know maybe a handful of people. Yeah. So the one thing that I do, which is kind of morbid, is I think that I always think there's a lot of people who have it way worse than me. So Right. So we're generally dealing with first world. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I, there's just so many things, whether people have um, illnesses or ailments or, you know, they don't have all the opportunities we have, or there's just a whole range of things that anytime something feels stressful or it's like, oh, you know, this is happening or that's happening or something's happening with the company. I always just remind myself that we are so blessed to have all of this in front of us and access to the technologies, the opportunities, the people around us, each other. It just really opens your eyes when you start thinking about and even like exploring some of the bad things that some people are actually going through on a day-to-day basis. It just really makes you, you know, look at the world in a whole different way, look at your stressful situations in a whole different way. And especially even when baby Grayson came along, that gave me a whole new perspective on, you know, what's important and what should I get stressed out about? And now he's there in the environment with us every single day, watching our moves, watching how we talk, watching, you know, how the environment is that he's in. And I just think it's really important to notice that kind of stuff and make sure that I'm always staying in a positive light as best as possible and not being fake. Of course, some days are going to be harder and some days I might be, you know, a little stressed out or upset about something, but trying to maintain a mindset that is how it should be, that everything for the most part is great. You might not have everything your way today, but 
overall, everything's great. So I love it. I think that perspective and gratitude is really important. One of my favorite quotes on this is from Cooper's character in, or I should say Matthew McConaughey's character, Cooper in Interstellar, where he says he's basically talking to his daughter and alluding to what his wife told him when their kids arrived, which was now we're here to be memories for our children. I think that anytime we can shift our mindset out of the immediate short-term struggle, the whatever we're going through, to the long-term approach of we're ultimately going to be memories in other people's heads. And do we want to be a positive memory? Do we want to be someone they remember as having a great mindset, someone who was an optimist? Or do we want to be that person and that memory in their head that was kind of the detractor or the devil's advocate again and again when we didn't have to be? And so I think that's that's really important. That's something I yeah, admire about your skill set. Thanks. So with everyone listening out there, we hope you enjoyed this episode of the Mission Daily. We will be back tomorrow. So it's just Thursday today, but tomorrow is Friday. And we have an awesome episode of The Best where we run down the best of what we're reading, listening to, finding online, thinking about doing, or have planned. So that's going to be really excited. I can't wait for that. And we will see you tomorrow. All right. See ya. Hey listeners, thanks for tuning into this episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. If you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. It helps spread the word and I would greatly appreciate it. See you next time.